Welcome to the Sporting Ones Fantasy Premier League podcast. Back after a bit of a layoff due to the international break, we're looking at game week five. It's the surge of the Vardy Party edition. And of course, as always, the Sporting One is joined with Hados, the Fantasy Oracle. Hello there, Paulie. It's good to be back and looking forward to... The FPL resuming this Saturday. Yeah, I've been enjoying uh, the bit of the uh, mental break from it, but uh, that hasn't stopped me with NFL uh, fantasy, so my focus has sort of switched, but it's been good to uh, be refreshed. And speaking of being back, I believe that um, you're back, back again. Um, what are you referring to? <laughs> well, I'm referring to the fact that you scored 62 points. You're right up my clacker. Um, and you're back inside the top million managers. Ah, yes. Yeah, it's been a good couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I was surprised that 62 was good enough to um, rise me up the the, uh, the rankings as well. Um, must have been a bad scoring week. Maybe some popular players didn't quite hit the mark, and that's allowed me to do not too badly. Oh, you're damn right. Some popular players didn't hit the mark. I'm looking at uh, Sterling, Salah, Kane, uh, all of them. Um, my best player, well, I scored 46 points, which was well below the average of 57. Uh, and I fell, get this, uh, almost 400,000 spots, and I'm back to 545,031. Um my best player was Trent Alexander-Arnold with 11, and then Salah and Kane, despite me just uh, slating them, got six apiece. Um, it was slim pickings. Uh, after that, it was Digne with five. Um, it was slim pickings for myself last week. So I'm looking to bounce back, but I'm holding firm on not wildcarding as yet. But you had 62 points. Moved up to 869,452nd. So you're well inside the million now. And and you can build from that. Yeah, it doesn't really sound that impressive though, but it's good to be in the one mil, I guess. So Well, put, put it this way. It's like being in the top 1,000 in AFL Fantasy because you've got 6 million. Okay, maybe top 100, uh, top 20,000. Anyway, we'll go with that because you've got 6 million FPL managers. That's the difference. So your aim is probably to be in that top six hundred thousand. So you're in that top ten percent. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, inside the top ten percent is uh, definitely the goal for us. Um, yeah, De Bruyne was probably uh, the one that really propelled me forward. I'd say uh, looking at my team right now, and also uh, Alexander Arnold, who's been uh, a much better pick than uh, Robertson so far this year. So you're happy with that. Um, other than that, there wasn't too much to write home about. I had Sterling captain. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, as far as transfers go this week, I know that you said that you're not going to wild card, and I'm not either at this point. Um, and probably looking at even holding a transfer because there's not really much that I can do um, with the lack of money and without a big shift, I would then have to wild card. So I think I'll just uh, hold off for now. Mm, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, Kane's got a very good fixture uh, against Crystal Palace, and the only way I can really get De Bruyne in is if I do something there. So it's a matter of whether I stick with Kane, which supposedly I think Tottenham will get better from here on in, given that all the transfer situation with Ericsson is... Um, out of the way now that the transfer window has passed, so there's no uncertainty there. So hopefully Spurs will start uh, playing the way that they should. Um, 
And then it's a matter of, well, if I don't get rid of Kane, there's no real money elsewhere. I don't really particularly want to get rid of Salah either because he's got a game against Newcastle and he's been performing at home as opposed to away. So it just seems like there's too much drama around as to whether I um, trade or not. So I may be like, you know, I may even hold a transfer. So speaking of how you were talking about De Bruyne, um, that leads me into my first topic, Man City. So as we know, the last game week, Laporte got injured. Now that's opened up a can of worms because it is only the it is the only area that Man City are really deficient in since they couldn't get in Harry Maguire and they couldn't get in a defensive reinforcement over that period of time. So it means they're left short at the back. So those that have Laporte, hopefully they've already moved him on, but you'd have to look at the likes of Otamendi or uh, Zinchenko or John Stones as your potential locks but with Laporte going out and the security that he gave and the unknown over the others doesn't mean now that we only focus on the attacking assets because it could affect without Laporte it could affect their ability to keep clean sheets I still see them winning there's no doubt about that they've got too much attacking um, strength but it could affect Edison as well so therefore defensively are we right to avoid Man City and therefore, just focus in on your, uh, obviously, your Sterling, De Bruyne, Aguero, Bernardo Silva, Mares, David Silva, and probably David Silva is the fourth option behind those. The elephant in the room is the Champions League because we know what Pep does, and Pep is the ultimate puppet master. And once Jesus comes back, what does that do then to Aguero? That's the issue that we've got. Look, um, I think it's definitely too early to draw a line through them. It's definitely a wait and see for me. Um, And I think with Laporte going out, it obviously opens up a spot for someone. We don't know exactly who's going to take it yet, but the good news is that there are also cheaper alternatives in line to, to take that spot. So I'd certainly be waiting to see how Pep shuffles that defense and, and who he who who he looks to replace Laporte and yeah how that affects their defense um, you know one or two games in if they're conceding but still obviously doing what they do on offense it probably would be fair to say that you just worry about their um, attacking assets but for me it's always a wait and see game so you're going to have to give it a game or two to see how it pans out for me. Yeah, get get a bit of data um, flowing together. The one the one that um, intrigues me, and probably because he's played all this season alongside alongside Laporte, and he's about 5.4, 5.5, is Otamendi. And we know he was sort of a staple of our defence going back two seasons ago. So you could... Um, you could run with Otamendi if you wanted to take a risk on a defensive asset. All right, so... Is the time now for three sides and their players to look at? West Ham, Arsenal, Everton. Mm. And in that, in saying that, what players are we looking at from each side that are potentially the ones that we have to bring in? Uh, well, we might start with Arsenal, I reckon, because uh, the first one that comes to mind is Bamiang. I do have my concerns over him, though. 
Okay, well, he's scored every game, so what would that be? The fact that he's playing out on the left and not through the middle and that Lacazette is getting most of the shots off. It's just very efficient that Aubameyang has scored uh, each match, but Lacazette's stats are much better. Okay. Um, But then the problem with Lacazette is, as we saw last game against Tottenham, he was on the bench. Or was the game before? Can't remember. Maybe it was a Liverpool game. It was a Liverpool game. Sorry, my, my mistake. Liverpool game where they went to Anfield and Lacazette ends up on the bench. So also the fact that they've got Europa League coming up, how is that going to affect them playing all three? Are all three going to play? We just don't know. Mm, yeah, some fair points you raise there, but since Aubameyang's come into the league, he's shown the ability to score. Oh, there's no question about that. So, as much as, yeah, he's playing on the outside or the wing or the left or whatever you said it was, um, the fact remains that he can still score. He scored every single game. He was a joint winner of the Golden Boot last year. As long as that rotation risk is minimal, I still think he's uh, a great asset going forward because he can hit the scoreboard more than just once in a game. I think he did it last year. Um just about every time he scored one, he always scored a second. So mm. uh, I like I like him a lot. Um, Lacazette comes in at roughly 1.6 cheaper and, as you said, uh, is a little bit more central in that role. So that's a positive. Um, I'd still be favouring Aubameyang over him and I don't think that Pepe is there just yet. I think he's still adjusting to um, the Premier League and he's not quite hitting the straps just yet but um, if he gets on a run then maybe he could be a nice little differential. Well his underlying stats are really good Pepe and he has missed some huge chances uh, which does affect his uh, ICT index but uh, which is the bonus point system for those who are not uh, that up with it fantasy wise yet Um, yeah I'm Pepe could be a mysterious option, but you're, paying, you're outlaying a lot. Then there's also the intriguing case of Sabolas. Uh, well, yeah, there's probably a Spanish way of saying it, but I'm going with the Aussie way, so we'll go with that. Yeah, he's, he's certainly interesting. Sabias, well. that's it, Sabias. Yeah, I think um, that game where he scored two assists, he suddenly got on everyone's radar. Mm. Um, it's really just a, a question of, again... He seems to be rotated a little bit as well, which is annoying. But he is very cheap, and with their run, you do like what you see so far in terms of value, if nothing else. I reckon there's a better value pick that's 1.2 million cheaper than him as well. I liked what I saw against Tottenham. I like his range of passing. He's had a season in the Premier League now, so he knows what to expect. And that's uh, Gwendozi. Mm. Yeah, interesting point you raised there. Um, Very good at 4.5, quite the enabler. Uh, if you need an enabler, say like Dion uh, Denker or Donker and uh, Cantwell in that sort of, probably doesn't score as high as Cantwell, although last game week he did get 10 points, Gwendozi. So I'd be looking at someone like him, a bit of value. Um, he seems to be more in favour than Granite Jarker at the moment as well. Mm. The only thing with that is he probably doesn't have any set piece or corner responsibility, whereas Sabalos does. 
Mm, you raise a good point there. All right, what are we looking at from... Are we looking at anyone in the defence there? I mean, there, there is a possibility of Maitland-Niles, but I'm worried about when Bellerine comes back and how far is Bellerine off. That would be my only concern with Maitland-Niles. And are they going to keep the clean sheets or are they same old Arsenal? Mm, shaky at the back still. And Kieran Turney is on the horizon, apparently. Mm, yeah, I'm not really sure. I think uh, I'd have to see a run of games of them being a bit tighter in defence before I'd take a serious look at any of their defenders. That's, yeah. I mean, but now's the time because they are looking like a pretty good draw ahead. But um, season's gone by. They haven't been that reliable, so probably a pass for me. What about the gang destroyer, Kalisniac? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, I love what he does. It's just whether or not he can keep a clean sheet, I guess. But, um, he's, but he does, he's got the assist potential, yeah. and he crosses that ball like a madman. So um, he'd, he'd be one to look at. And there is no Nacho Nacho Man anymore. Yeah, correct. So It probably yeah. is short. Well, the only, the only issue is there's no Nacho Nacho Man, but Kieran Turney's almost back, and that's Kieran Turney's position. So, therefore, the security may not be there that we think might be there. Mm. Well, again, it's a wait and see. And as you said, mm. they've got Europa and that, and Klasniak is a high rotation risk um, yep. in seasons gone by. So, yeah. But I do like him the most out of all the Arsenal defenders. All right. Enough of speaking about your bitter rivals. Let's let's speak about another one of your uh, London rivals, West Ham. Mm, okay. So, Felipe Anderson, did he play last game? I cannot deny nor confirm that. I know Yarmolenko did. I know Lanzini did. Yarmolenko could be a reasonable option at 5.9. Lanzini is the one. If you're going to get a West Ham midfielder, 14 huge chances, uh, key passes created, 6.5 million already with a couple of assists. Had that year pretty much the whole season off last season. I took a punt on him when he came back last season. It didn't work. But he's had that say, five or six games at the back end of last season, add to that a full preseason. He looks like the same Lanzini that was prevalent the season before. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, definitely, as you said, once coming off that sort of uh, long-term injury, you'd need a good solid season under your belt. So, yeah, he's got a, a pretty cheap entry point as well. Mm. Um and as you said, some pretty good fixtures ahead. So, yeah, as far as midfielders go, as long as his game time's secure, which it certainly seems to be, um, he's definitely worth a punt, yeah. Mm. Do we see anyone from their defence at all? I Personally, I can't see anyone. The only one that I'd be tempted on would be Fabianski as keeper. But even then, with the keepers that I've got, I wouldn't be convinced on that. Yeah, I haven't given him much thought. Um the, the two players that I looked at beforehand with West Ham, it, it was Lanzini and it's Sebastian Haller. Um, he's in sensational form. He's hit the ground running, which is hard to do for a foreign player coming into a foreign league, which makes him almost nigh on impossible to ignore at 7.5. He could be, even though he's a bit pricier than what Jimenez was, he could be this season's Jimenez, pretty much, or last season's Jimenez, pretty much. Mm. Yeah, fair point. Um, and Chikorito is gone as well. So it means that he's more solidified in that lineup than ever. Yeah, and um, scoring pretty well so far, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he's got through. I think he might be up to four goals, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's around. I know he got a brace last game week, and I think he might be. I think there might have been another brace somewhere there. 
uh, scoring forms, good form. That's right. All right, Everton. I think we know where we're looking at with Everton, um, but there are a few bits of gold in there. Um, so Lucas Digne, of course, on the set pieces, usually a strong defence, um, Everton at the moment. So he's almost a lock for mine, and he is a lock in my side, and I'm not going to get rid of him anytime soon. Um, if you're looking for a bit of a differential, obviously there's um, Coleman, which is about a, a 0.6 cheaper, I think. Um, and then you've also got a Yeni um, or Yeri Mina, or Yeni Mina, Colombian, uh, or is that Ecuadorian? I can't remember. Either way, he's South American. Uh, that's all we need to know. And he's tall, and he likes the head goals in. He hasn't quite done that yet, but he has had a few opportunities. He's about 5.6, so that's your defence covered. Pickford's had a sensational start to the season. I think he might be the top-scoring keeper. If not, he's in the top three. So at 5 mil, he may be, or at 5.1, he may be worth having as your keeper. And then midfield, well, <laughs> he's bound to hit form sooner or later. But the moment you get him in, he won't do anything for you. And then the moment you get him out, he'll score a brace and get to assist. And that's Gilfie Sigurdsson. Um, but there's a bit of value. Richarlison was the one last week that got the points, or last game week that got the points. And he's at about the same price point as Sigurdsson, which makes it difficult. And then you've got the value. So you've got Bernard, I think is about, about the 6, 6.5. Again, another player who's had a full season in the Premier League adjusted now got the assist um, potential but then there's also an ex-Arsenal player who seems to have struck a bit of a, a bit of range of form I think he scored points last game week as well I know one of our mates will be probably laughing at us as I say his name but Alex Iwobi at 5.9 could be a value pick yeah, and he has certainly shown some pretty good signs. Maybe you're just playing um, a little bit more forward for Everton, a bit more in in that goal-scoring range. So he could be one to look at because there's certainly been a couple of games. I reckon he hit the post in another game that he nearly scored. Um, so he's around the mark and coming in at a, not a bad price point either. Yeah, I'm just reluctant to trust any of their forwards at this point in time because they're just not scoring. And that's uh, Calvert-Lewin, uh, Tosin, and also... Um, well, I don't even know where Tosin is. He might not even be in Everton anymore. I'll have to check that out. That's poor research on my behalf. I do apologise. And Moise Keane. Now, he's at a seven, minute, uh, 7 million price point. He has got bucket loads of potential. But I need to see more of him to gauge whether he is worth putting him into my side. Because at this point in time, it's a no. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, he's quite young and, you know, typically... Again, coming from a foreign league, but unlike Hala, he hasn't hit the ground running and he's younger. Yeah. So I think there's there's enough question marks and a pretty high price, as he said, when the likes of Tammy Abraham, who's probably had, you know, a season or two on him, and he's starting to really pick up his game. So, yeah, until he really starts to show something, then, yeah, it's only going to be a very risky selection. Yeah. All right, so moving on. Can we trust any Man United players? And if so, who do we trust? Who can you trust? Well, you probably trust James. 
Yeah, uh, his stats suggest that is the option, but he's, he keeps on performing well, but is it a point of how long it can continue? And has he already reached that point? Because young players will go up and down. And has he been on this up that now he's due for a down, or will he continue? That is that is a question. He has risen in price, um, which shows that people are jumping on board. The issue is what happens when Martial comes back? Rashford will go out again. Will James then go to the other side? Or how is it going to play out? I guess that's that's the issue. And then can you trust Martial to score? Can you trust Rashford to score? Can you trust Wan-Bissaka and Maguire to keep clean sheets? And can you trust De Gea to keep clean sheets? I don't think you can. And that's the issue we've got. Can you trust Paul Pogba? At this point in time, not on your life. Mm. Yeah, and it's disappointing because after that first game, um, it looked like you could, and maybe United as a team were really uh, at a nice little turning point set to take the FPL by storm, but it hasn't really eventuated since then. So I guess uh, the question that you ask is uh, a big fat no at the moment. Mm. Oh, I, I I was reluctant to get Juan Bissaka in at that price point of 5.5, and in the first week he scored really, really well. But um, after that, he's really been struggling and it's put a lot of managers' questions in their minds as to do I keep him or do I get rid of him? Yeah, he's uh, creating more issues than he's creating uh, positives at the moment. So, yeah, although he hasn't lost any value yet, so that's probably a positive. Yeah, if you were to trust one player, I think you're right. I think it's Daniel James, um, and that's about it at the moment. All right, so which three Liverpool players do we go with and from what areas? Because you've got the defence that is scoring at the moment, uh, with Trent Alexander-Arnold, Van Dijk's had a good game. Um, Robertson, not so much. But then you've got Salah and Mane. They've rotated what games they've played well. And then you've got Firmino, who's actually got the most shots in the Premier League at the moment, who has, I think he's either fifth or sixth in the forwards. So there's options are plenty, but it's what trio do you go with? And then there's a potential return of Allison in a couple of weeks as well. Mm. Well, the thing is that they're all bloody expensive too. And the top mm. three... Um, for anyone, I think would be Alexander Arnold, Salah, and Mane. But the trouble is, you, you can't af- you can't afford all that, yeah. unless you know you're getting rid of a Sterling or substituting like a Kane or a Guerra or something like that. Which is where I think you could you could possibly go a combination of say Trent Alexander Arnold or Van Dyke, rolled into a Salah or Mane, and then rolled into a into a Firmino, who is at a reasonable price point as opposed to a high price point. Yeah, you could. The only thing is, as you said, Salah and Mane they seem to be trading which game weeks they do well, and then you know Firmino, who is a pretty proven. Um, FPL scorer, you know, it's just, can you rely that every single week that all those three are going to do very well? Mm. You know, so it's it's a tough one. But, um, yeah, I think it's just a matter of your budget, your team structure, and, um, yeah, just hope for a bit of luck each week. That's it. All right, um Interesting one. A lot of people have enacted their wild card. I think I think I heard a figure of about ten percent. 
Is it wild card or no wild card? For mine, at this point in time, I'm holding fire, and I'll probably look at either the second international break or just before that, or I'm going to wait totally until Christmas time. Yeah, um, I reckon for me it was too early to do it this time unless your team's really in a spot of bother and you need to change up a lot of things. Uh, second international break is usually not a bad point. I definitely like to go as late as possible, so usually it is just before the new year for me. Um, but it's horses for courses, how much you need to make up on uh, on your opponents, how much you need to fix your team. Um, and how many injuries might occur or suspensions or anything like that. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, it's really comes down to how you're traveling. And, um, yeah, there's no real wrong point to use it as long as, you know, you're not getting bitten by how much injuries occur after it. Yeah, exactly. All right, so for this part, it's a no from the both of us, but that doesn't mean it's not the right time for you to use it. Um, All right, captain's run. So this is a little segment we like to see for uh, who we might think might be the potential best captains for the week, which for the last couple of weeks, I have absolutely failed. Yeah, it's been a bit tough uh, as of late, and it's tricky too because some weeks you, you look at these really plum fixtures and you think, yep, this is the way to go. Oh, Harry Kane against Newcastle. How was that for me? That was a nice, big, fat two, which ended up with a four. And Sterling against Brighton. Oh, yeah, that was a three, which ended up with a six. That was brilliant. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bloody tricky game, this one. We mm. always say it, but... Looking at uh, the fixtures this week. So I've got I've got a couple written down. I've got, uh, oh, I could go again, Harry Kane versus Crystal Palace, which could then you also could go Son or uh, Ericsson as well. Uh, I've got Aguero. So there's a number of, <laughs> there's a number of Man City players you could go here. You could go Aguero, you could go Sterling, you could go De Bruyne versus Norwich. And games like this, we've seen Mares do well. Um, Bernardo Silva do well, but um, generally I'd be looking at those three. And then against Newcastle at home, you've got Salah, Mane, Firmino, even Trent Alexander-Arnold could be worth a shot in this one. Mm. Yeah, the good news is that those top four-ish teams, Liverpool, City, Spurs, Arsenal, they're all playing some pretty weaker opponents and or have home fixtures which um, suit them to the ground. So... I think the first one would be a Salah or Mane against Newcastle at home. Kick you off at 9 o'clock. Um, they'll score have you, have you feeling good into your Sunday? Yeah. They'll score before, before halftime and you'll start to pat yourself on the back. Um, and then hopefully it rolls on into the second half. I like it. I like it. Um, some differentials that I've come up with. So Martial, even though he's still got a flag, should be fine to come back. He was only going to be there one week, um, but obviously the international break. And he hasn't lost any cash, which is surprising. Um, Daniel James versus Leicester as well. Uh, if you want to take a punt, it's a bit of a differential. And then we know what Jamie Vardy likes to do against the big clubs. He has the strongest ratio, I think, of about 30% um, that he scores against the top six. He loves playing the top defences. Not that Man United have a top defence at the moment, but he likes, he just rises to the challenge. So you could put Vardy in versus Man United. There's two factors in this. He knows Harry Maguire's game inside out, but that can also work in the reverse that Maguire knows Vardy's game inside out. 
what you probably need to find out is how Vardy went in training versus Maguire, if you can. <laughs> um, the other one, Aubameyang versus Watford. I don't think he's going to be part of a rotation here as yet, which means I also think they'll play the top, the uh, the three of them, Lacazette, Aubameyang, and Pepe. So any one of those three could catch fire, and I reckon they may go for a bit of creative influence behind that with uh, Sabias. Mm. The only thing is they're not playing at home. And there's another elephant in the room. Watford sacked their manager, uh, Yavi Garcia, and replaced uh, him with a the manager they had in 2016. Uh, I think it's Pique or Quique Sanchez Flores. So new manager, away from home, could be a bit of a banana skin. So it may be that as much as it looks good on paper, it may be a void Arsenal this week. Yeah. I think um, definitely looking towards those Liverpool, Spurs and, and City assets rather than uh, go those riskier options because there is a fair bit of risk attached with every single one of them that you just said. <laughs> That's it. All right. So listen to questions. Now, I was trying to figure out what Sorry K was getting at, but Sorry K from SA, is it worth rotating my squad at this stage of my wild card? I think was what he was getting at. And he's looking at the Everton options of Bernard or Digne. So does he go say Van Dyke to say Digne? And does he go say Daniel James to Bernard? Well, he's pretty big on Digne. Um, yeah, I, I still like Van Dyke over Digne. And I probably like James over Bernard. So I'd mm. probably keep them. Yeah, I'll probably keep them as well. I, I don't know what other options he really has to get rid of. Have we got his um, potential side there at all that we can sort of maybe try and help him out? Yeah. Because um, I, I think the only other way that he can really do it is if he goes a Bamiyang down. But given his run of fixtures, you wouldn't be looking to do that. Yeah, it's not just that. It's his bias towards Aubameyang as well. So he's not going to get rid of Aubameyang. So therefore, I think he's got to stick with what he's got or he's got to get rid of one of um, Van Dyke or James. Mm. I think the only one that... I, I know how much he wants Digne and it just comes down to Van Dyke or Digne and for me, it's Van Dyke. Yep, fair, fair enough. Oh, yeah, I'm 50-50 on that. I think it could be... Could go either way. All right, Paul S. from SA. And I might need you to look at the fixtures. Pickford or Ryan, who starts? And I think Everton... I reckon that Brighton are at home. home. Or is it that Everton are at home? No, Brighton are at home to Burnley. Ooh, yep. And Everton are away to Bournemouth. Ooh. I'd play it safe and go Ryan... But, again, I like these elephants in the room. He has been away in West Asia. <laughs> yeah. Um, With the Socceroos. I think just for the fact that um, it's a home fixture versus an away one against a Bournemouth team that really likes to attack, um, Burnley can be a bit on the more dour side. So perhaps, uh, yeah, a low-scoring nil-all draw for Brighton Burnley. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right, so in that case, we go with Ryan. All right, is Alex B from SA right to Captain Aguero this week? I reckon uh, he's probably the most reliable player in the whole comp at the moment, so 
Why not against Norwich? Well, he is a leading FPL scorer on 40 points, so hard to argue with that fact. All right, moving along. Kevin T. Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Is Kane a lock? Now, I did bring up Harry Kane earlier. And Sabias for Wesley. So I think he must be doing a bit of a midfield trade and then a um, forward trade there. But that's what he's sort of looking at. Um, oh, geez, this Kane a lock. I'd love to say yes because I've got Kane. But even I'm playing with my mind as to whether I keep him or not. So for mine, despite his fixtures looking good, I just can't guarantee it. As much as I love Kane... Oh, and you do love Kane. He hasn't been a lock for the last two seasons. Well, no, I don't know about that. Well, season and a bit. Yeah, so basically two seasons. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not. He's still an absolute superstar. Well, I think his underlying stats have reduced since that golden or near golden boot win when he got 30 goals and missed out to Salah. Yeah, well, the fact is that. Spurs probably have a more balanced, balanced, and you know, well-rounded team. Well, you've so, got Son, you've got Lamella, you've got uh, Ericsson, Ali, Mora, yeah. uh, Mdembele. So it's not all on Kane mm. anymore. So I think, um, considering how expensive he is and the in- inconsistency that is shown as far as scoring from week to week in the last two seasons shall we say. Um, I don't think he's a lock. Mm. Good point. Good point. I'm waiting for the time that he does become FPL leading scorer for the week because I'll have a fantastic title for us. Um, Last one, Jamie B from SA. A late one, but came in just in time. Chasing stars. Interesting caption. He went with the wild card and it didn't work out. Brought in a whole heap of stars. So, is it what stars do you chase and do you go for a balance or do you try and get the best stars that you can and then try and get the most value you can at with your, your enablers of, say, 4.5 mil? Mm. Yeah, see, that's the trouble and I reckon we've spoken about it on a previous podcast that if you load up on these stars and they have an off week, you're left with uh, your hands in your pockets and not like show. Like me last week. That's right. So... I mean, it's about the overall picture, I think. So, some weeks it's going to work, some weeks it's not. And I think if you really try to change things too drastically from week to week and you chase points, you can sort of um, come undone a bit. That's my personal view and I think that's what's worked for me in the past. Um, I sort of steered against it last season, but... um, yeah, you're just looking at the overall picture and as much as you want to change your team when there's some bad signs there, you sort of have to have the faith in these players to just do it over an extended period of time. Yeah, no, I have to agree there in in a way. I mean, I've locked myself in for the moment, but I mean, like I said, I, I keep weighing up Harry Kane and... Mo Salah, do, do I stick with him or do I go down to De Bruyne? I mean, I want to get De Bruyne in, but how can I fit him in at the moment with with what I've got? And that's the same with Harry Kane. Do I go down to a Jamie Vardy? Do I go down to a Firmino to create more cash and create a more balanced side? Um, it, it's a tough one. 
And it's not always about, yeah, chasing the stars. It's about try, trying to find the best balance you can that's going to work. Um, so it's a very interesting question. And I'm not sure we've we've kind of answered it, but it's, it's a hard one to uh, answer fully. Then that's why I like it. Mm. I think the fact is that he's gone with the stars um, strategy and you really have to judge it over a longer than, say, one or two-week period before you really know if it's worked well for you or not. Which is why I'm trying to give myself a couple of more weeks so I can get like a, a full better extent of data of, say, six, seven, eight weeks. So I know what sort of I'm expecting. Yeah, that's right. And then you can sort of base your, your whole wild card around that sort of um, data, as you would say. Oh, yeah, or your negative 40. Um, <laughs> anyway, that brings us to the end this week. Thank you for listening in. Now, your deadline this week, um, South Australian time, so Australian Central Standard Time, is 8 p.m. on a Saturday night. Um, for those of you in Victoria, it would be 8.30, and for those of you in Perth, it would be 6.30. Um overseas couldn't give a stuff uh you have to work it out yourself um so thank you for tuning in this podcast is available on spotify anchor which is the podcast pl- platform we're on google Podcasts, Castbox, podbean and apple podcast which is itunes which will soon be defunct anyway um and we're on facebook on the sporting one instagram at the sporting one twitter one underscore sporting and go to Podcast Central for all your podcast shows. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm The Sporting One. I'm joined by Hados, the Fantasy Oracle, and we're signing off for this week, and we'll speak to you next week. Till then, we'll see you next week. And hopefully you have a, a good Game Week 5. See you then.